Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Hey everyone, I want to talk to you today about what I see as one of the most important or biggest levers that you can pull in your business to help you grow. And that is specializing and narrowing down who you serve. You might have heard this spoken about as narrowing your niche or niche, call it what you want. It's an incredibly important thing to do if you want to grow your accounting practice. So today what I want to talk about is why it's harder to be a generalist, what the benefits are of specializing and niching down. I want to address the fears and the myths about niching down. I want to give you some examples of what it might look like to choose a specialty, what you do and who you do it for, plus some sample messaging and where to start because this is a journey. It is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. So we'll jump right in after the intro. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Let's start with what I'm even talking about. Specializing, serving an arrow or a niche, niching down or niche or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it niching down just because that's the way I hear it talked about in the circles I run in and that's what I'm going to use. But it includes two things. It's what you do and it's who you do it for. So I did a bit of looking around recently, a bit of Googling, a bit of researching websites, talking to people. And what comes out when it comes to what CPAs do and how you talk about yourselves by and large is book tax and payroll, estate planning, business valuation, forensics, audit and compliance, and consulting. And what's happening here is that everybody looks the same. So when I cruise around 15 websites for different CPAs who are both in my town and around the country, it looks like a school of minnows and you cannot tell the difference. So when somebody wants a referral for a CPA, what ends up happening is that it becomes a popularity contest of who do you know? Who's the person that you know? Who's a CPA that you know I'm looking for one? And the CPA that that person knows just gets recommended without giving thought to who would be a really good match for what that person needs. And at the extreme edge of this, what I see on CPA's websites is we offer a broad range of services. We offer comprehensive services. We are large enough to meet all of your needs. 
And who we do our work for is business owners, families, and individuals, which is everybody, right? Somebody is either an individual, a family, or business owner. And some people are all three of those. So using these sort of broad swath words makes you blend in with every other CPA in town. If you want something visual to relate this to, think of a lighthouse. A lighthouse doesn't send out diffuse light 360 degrees. A lighthouse sends out a narrow beam of light that blinks with a certain frequency and it rotates at a certain speed. The narrow beam of light travels a lot farther. It's got a whole bunch of mirrors on the inside to magnify how far the light travels so that sailors who are lost in the fog just off the coast can find you. And then the blinking pattern and the rotation speed makes that lighthouse specific and differentiates it from the lighthouse 10 miles up the coast. But a lot of CPAs are shining light in all directions and they're not blinking or rotating at any speed that helps them differentiate themselves in the marketplace. So when you're being a generalist and serving everybody, individuals, families, and business owners, and when you're doing everything, book tax and payroll, estate planning, business valuation, forensics, audit, compliance, you're spread way too thin and you would be like a lighthouse that's sending light in 360 degrees. Nobody knows how to find you. Not only does nobody know how to find you, it also makes it harder for you to know where to go looking for clients. It makes it harder for you to know which conferences to attend. It makes it harder for you to know which networking events to go to. It makes it harder for you to ask your network the people who know, like, and trust you in your network and who know you do great work and would happily refer you, it makes it harder for you to say, hey, when you come across this type of specific person with this type of specific problem, make sure you send them my way. It also makes it harder because think of all the expertise you need to keep up on. You need to keep up on this huge stretch of ever-changing tax code. You need to keep up on all the stuff about estate planning. You need to keep up on all the concepts around business valuation. And if you're consulting, you'll never be an expert if you're trying to consult for a broad range of businesses. So it magnifies the amount of work that you need to do, the amount of expertise that you need to keep up on in order to be good at what you do. So what are some of the fears that I hear when I talk to my own clients and other people that I talk to about niching down? A lot of people say, well, what if I lose potential clients? And you will lose potential clients. You absolutely will lose potential clients. And you have to be willing to let that go. Because the trade-off is that you will gain a lot more potential clients because they can find you in a sea of undifferentiated minnow-like CPAs. If you're the angelfish in a school of minnows, you're really easy to find. Another piece is and the way that I like to coach this is when people say, you know, I'm scared to lose potential clients. I ask them, well, how many potential clients do you have right now? How many active leads do you have right now? And the answer is often fewer than five. So when people are scared of losing potential clients, they often have the very thing that they're fearing going to have. They often already have not a lot of potential clients. If you have fewer than five leads that you're cultivating right now, that's not a lot of potential clients. You've already lost potential clients. It's counterintuitive, but when you narrow who you work with and what you specialize on doing, you will have more potential clients, likely far more than you will be able to handle. It does take a leap of faith. It does feel scary. It feels out of your comfort zone. But there's a reason that people say the riches are in the niches. 
Another thing people say is that, well, I don't want to have to say no or turn away other people who come to me who aren't in my niche. You don't have to say no to other people who come to you who aren't in your niche. You can say yes to them. You can choose to say yes to them. What's likely to happen over time as you clarify and specify what you're best at, who you work with, and who you don't work with, is that you're likely to find that you're not going to want to work with people who are outside your niche. Because you're going to be creating systems and workflows and a series of resources that work for people inside your niche. And if somebody who comes to you and they're outside your niche, you're going to be like, ah, you know, I probably could help you, but it's going to be a lot slower. And your profit margins are going to go down for that single client. So you're more than welcome to say yes to them if you want to. What's likely to happen is that you're going to find that it's much more efficient if you say no to people who are outside your niche and only allow in the people who are inside because you get so familiar with their challenges, their problems, and how to help them that you're likely to want to work almost exclusively with those people. So let's get into some examples of what this might actually look like. And I want you to imagine two axes. On let's call it the x-axis is being a generalist versus a specialist from the left to the right. And on the y-axis from the top to the bottom is specifically who you do it for versus generally big groups of people. So on the left side of the x-axis is being a generalist. And it sounds like book tax and payroll, estate planning, business valuation, forensics, audit, and compliance. On the right side, if you're specializing, It might look like you only do business valuation. It might look like you only do book tax and payroll and consulting. It might look like you only do estate planning, or maybe you only do forensics. Maybe you only do executive compensation analysis. Maybe you only do family and business succession planning, or maybe you only do real estate transaction analysis. But if you're trying to do preparation of annual personal and business income tax returns, retirement and estate planning, inheritance advice, and I just said inheritance, (laughs) inheritance advice and planning, executive compensation analysis, family and business planning, family and business succession planning, and real estate transaction analysis, it's just way too much for your mind to manage. And you're going to be good at those things, but you're not going to be great. So think of the physician who's a general practitioner versus the physician who's a cardiologist versus the physician who's an oncologist versus the cardiac oncologist versus the cardiac oncologist who only does surgery, right? That guy or woman is going to get paid heaps more than the general practitioner. Now, granted, it takes time to become an expert in something. But that expertise will separate you, it will differentiate you from the crowd, and it will allow you to charge higher rates for the work that you're doing. So let's talk about who you do it for, because this is the axis that I think can be harder to figure out. So here are some options. Small business owners making $50,000 to $500,000. Manufacturing companies, product companies, storefront businesses, gyms, exercise, and yoga studios. These are all really different types of businesses with varying needs from you and probably varying tax implications. Maybe food companies, maybe rural farmers and agriculture, or local family-owned businesses who want to keep the business in the family, 
Or how about real estate? And within real estate, you could do commercial real estate. You could do residential real estate. Or you could do rental properties, people who own rental properties, or contractors who want to remodel and flip rental properties. When you get more specific about what your area of expertise is, it makes it so much easier to own that area of expertise and for you to differentiate yourself from the crowd. So let's talk about messaging. Because when people ask you what you do and you say you're a CPA or say you're at a networking event and you do book tax and payroll and business valuation, people are like, okay, great. I know five people who do that. So when you narrow your niche and become clear about your specialty, it enables you to have a much clearer message that allows people to go, oh, I know exactly who to send you. So one way to think about it is I help so-and-so get this thing so they can have this other thing without that final thing. And I'll put all this in the show notes with a PDF download. So I advise those who have just received a large or unexpected inheritance plan what they want to do with that money and protect it so they cannot be scared that they're going to lose the whole thing, right? So now when your colleagues are out in the world and they have a friend tell them that they just received an unexpected inheritance, they know exactly who they're going to send that person to. Here are a few more just in case. We help residential real estate agents who also own rentals manage their tax planning so they can invest with confidence knowing they won't have unexpected surprises at tax time. We help general contractors manage their cash flow so they can stop bank balance accounting and know how much of the money in their bank account is actually theirs to keep. We help rural farmers and those with large land holdings make sure they are not paying more than their fair share of taxes to graze their cattle. You could tell I live in Montana, right? (laughs) We help restaurant owners reduce risk by making sure they're paying the right amount in payroll taxes in an industry where under the table is the norm. In hearing those, I hope you get a feel that it becomes much more specific what you specialize in and who you help. And it sends a clear signal back to the lighthouse who should be attracted to you. What I do with my own clients is to take their income by customer summary report, either year to date or by lifetime. Sort it by net income from most to least, throw it on a graph and have a look. Chances are that it's going to look like the curve of one over X. And I'll refresh your memory. It's the one that hugs the Y axis, drops really quickly, starts to curve out, and then goes all along the X axis out into perpetuity. And it's asymptotic, tending towards zero and never gets there. If your client income by customer summary looks like this on a graph, you've got great information. And chances are what it's going to tell you is that 40 to 50% of your clients are going to fall into this category of clients who pay you between zero and 500 bucks a year. And you might arguably be losing money on them, even though the net income is positive. You're going to have a tranche of clients in the middle who are paying you between, let's call it $505,000 a year, who are good clients, solid clients. And then you're going to have a really narrow tranche of clients that's probably going to be like five to 15 clients who are paying you between 5,000 and 50,000 a year. And those are the 15 clients that you want to study. You want to look at them and ask yourself, what do these people have in common? What is in common about their businesses? What's the income range of these businesses? What is in common about the types of businesses that they are or the business model that they have? 
what's in common about the kind of person, the age range, the education range, the nature of the education, and so on. What's in common about the geography? Are they all local? Are they online? Where are they? So you want to look into these top 15 clients and find out what they have in common. And then you want to go and interview them. You want to find out what they value about working with you. You want to find out what other services and offerings they want from you that you're not giving to them. And you also want to find out what services and offerings that you have that aren't super valuable to them. They're neither here nor there about it. Provided that you like working with those clients and you enjoy the kind of work that you do for them, that's the best way into narrowing down your specialty and who you work for. Okay, so last thing before I wrap up. This process may involve trial and error for you. Say you try something, you give it three months. If you're not finding traction, you turn around and you come back and you say, that didn't work. We've got to go a different way. But if you look inside your top 15 clients and you interview them, you should be able to find the information that you need to help you select a niche and a specialty that's going to work for you. If you want more help with this, I'm doing a webinar on this topic, how to narrow your niche, October 16th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. You can register from my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com. If you decide to join us, it would be great if you could show up with an income by customer summary report in hand. It's more interactive than simply a straight up webinar. So come with your questions and your challenges and we'll do everything we can to get them answered. If you want the list of 20 possible niches and specialties to reference to give you some ideas to get started, head on over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, where you can download the free PDF that's related to this episode. All right, everyone, that's it for me for now. I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing? or at your desk. In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.